it's Tuesday and welcome to Soulful. Today we'll be talking about business and finances, so let's do it. Hi and welcome to Soulful. Hello. I've been excited all day. Today we have Coach T with us, but first, before we get into everything, how was everybody's morning and what were you working on? Um, I am Janet and I was working on cleaning up a lot of things. <laughs> Yes, I was getting a little bit more organized. I pay some finances. That's always important. Now that we're talking to the finance person, see how I segue? Um, but yeah, I paid some finances, did a few um, follow-up emails, and getting ready for an event this weekend. Cool. You stay busy with an event. That is so cool. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Toya, what did you work on today? Um, um, we have some events coming up, so I was focused on just preparing for events today. Yes. And I worked in my full time until about two o'clock. <laughs> so I was busy from like seven to two, um, pulling utility bills and creating KPI spreadsheets and, you know, the normal. So Coach T, what did you work on today? I have been preparing for, um, my first conference, which is this weekend, the 27th through the 29th. So I've been doing a lot of that and focusing on making sure everything is together. Cool. We know how those first conferences can be. So good luck. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So I am going to read Coach T's bio. Talisha T. Birdsong, Mindset and Money Coach, the owner of Dream Financial Services. T is a 27-year-old success-driven entrepreneur and philanthropist. She's a six-figure business owner who loves to give back to the community by teaching financial literacy and hosting financial events, going to schools throughout the community. T believes in giving back to her community that she is the, being the change she wants to see. She is a financial and business coach where she is affectionately called Coach T. Spreading the knowledge of how to be financially successful is her priority. Her passion is for the youth to be financially secure as they become young adults. She also has a heart for her hometown, Nashville, Tennessee, where she consistently talks and coaches her students and peers. So welcome, Coach T. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Very excited too, because I always love to talk about finances because I am the worst at it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Good intentions, but they never work out. <laughs> So, you think <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so today, like Nikki has said, we are talking about finances and we are especially focused on finances within your business. You entrepreneurs out there, you better stay close and stay tight because if you like me, you need help <laughs> with those finances. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Coach D, is there one thing that you have seen that stands out among many? in dealing with entrepreneur and finances? 
Yes. Um, the biggest thing is consistency. Um, one of the things that I'm noticing a lot of entrepreneurs are lacking is consistency. So they'll get excited. They'll start um, saving, preparing for major investments. And then as soon as they get that big break and they start to make more money, it seems like we see more people who um, are more together with their finances when their finances are scarce. But as they grow in their businesses, they decide to, to lose sight of what they had, what they were doing when they were in a place that they didn't have money. So mm -hmm. that's one of the biggest downfalls that I'm seeing a lot of entrepreneurs, um, especially my students dealing with. They're like, now that I have the money now, what? and it's the same thing that you're doing with a small amount of money. It's the same thing you do with a large amount of money. You just got to stay consistent at it. So it becomes second nature. Mm -hmm. I, I, I wonder where do we lose the consistency? I mean, like uh, for me, I um, each week I try to make sure that um, I have on my little, I'm a writer, so I have sticky notes galore um, where I make sure that I, if there's something I need to focus on, I focus on it and make sure that I've set aside. I have reminders to remind me when to pay my Canva bill, et cetera, et cetera. However, sometimes I do find that things just slip by me, like I might forget to send an invoice. And it's not necessarily that I forgot. I have it set it up, but I didn't push the reminder. So the reminder to the reminder forgets. You, you understand what I mean? I, think yeah. I, I know that's one of my little problems. My and main I, issue comes in where I consistently grow mm -hmm. with which is great. I consistently grow in income, but it seems like my debts grow too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I don't know what that is. I mean, I was making $11 an hour and I was great. Now mm -hmm. I'm making $25 an hour and I'm struggling. It's like, what the hell happened? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, and honestly, I'm going to give you two words, door and dash. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. And the embarrassing thing, I, I literally, um, last year I did, I had to do an income analysis and, and a spending analysis on myself. I tell my students to do it all the time. And I was like, let me go back and do it myself. And I spent so much money last year in DoorDash and out to eat. And my excuse was COVID, but that should have been more excuse to, to go and cook something. Mm -hmm. But I DoorDash and ha and being a mother of seven at the time, you know, that's a lot of kids in one household for the summer for the school year so imagine door dashing for nine people it was yeah yeah whoa yeah. whoa yeah you you had a lot going on there coach t yes mm. yes one of the things that i will say though um just to kind of piggyback off what both of you said as far as your problems um, and some of the things that you struggle with, um, that's not just you, that's everybody. Because what we do is it's not intentional, but we think about having things that we've never had before and doing things that we've never done before. So like you said, I was making $11 an hour and I was fine. You know, now that I'm making 25, that's, that's something different. That's new to me. And so we get in this habit of just buying more, putting more will, will. You have to understand that just because your income grows, it doesn't mean your debt has to grow. Just because if you're comfortable where you live, paying $900 a month, just because your income increases, doesn't mean you go find somewhere to live that's $2,500 a month. And a lot of us, we mistake that and we, we say, okay, 
because I'm making more, I can do more instead of taking the mentality of because I'm making more what I have extra since I'm comfortable living with, with what I was making, use that to save so that, you know, you can save for a rainy day. And like with writing, one of the things, because it's a mindset thing, finances, budgeting, business, it's all in your mind. When you shift that, everything else for you shifts. And what we have to understand is one, you can't do it by yourself. So if you have your 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 eggs in, in too many baskets, then you tend to find yourself missing something. So if you're if you're at a place where you have tasks but you don't have enough time in the day, or you feel like you don't have enough time in the day, you got to get to the point that you that you 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 understand. And this was me too. You have to be willing to delegate. So if, if you have a whole bunch of tasks that you're doing, you know, if invoicing is something that you're forgetting more often, it may be time to add an additional person that does that for you. So it takes away something that you're doing so that you can open up for new things. But I think one of uh, one of the things that we struggle with as, as small business owners is we know that we have to be everything for our business, but we don't know when to let go of everything and allow other people to help us grow the brands that we're building. And because that's our idea, right? We're trying to build these million dollar brands. You can't do that by yourself. And I think that's where a lot of us struggle because we try to, and we get to a place that it's time for us to elevate and go higher but we're so scared of it that we stay stuck and then it impacts not only our day-to-day -day routine, but it also impacts our finances as well. Yeah. I know my mindset um, is on food. I don't, I don't know why it is, but I, I cannot stand for my refrigerator to be low or my cabinets to be low. So I'm constantly buying food that I don't necessarily need because when it gets to a certain point, it feels like I'm going to starve. So yeah. I don't know where that came from because I was never hungry as a child, but for some reason, I just feel like I got to go to the grocery store. I, I need more food. I need more toilet paper. I, I need more cleaners. Mm -hmm. So that, that's my main thing. So I have to figure out what that is. So is that maybe a crutch for you or something? I don't know. It might be. I mean, because I'm not, I'm not living beyond. I mean, I guess I am. No, I'm not living beyond my means. But I mean, I, I don't know why I feel that way. It could be because I'm trying to take care of so much. And I don't want to slack, you know, because you caught slipping, things things happen, and then then it's too much for you to try and catch up on. Have you put yourself in a place to see what, um, you know, at what point is it me protecting myself from slack or me being afraid of something? Because one of the things that I struggle with is I overthink so much, and that fear. For example, my fear of being homeless again, it makes me work so hard that I tend to forget to enjoy life. You work so hard to get here now, enjoy it. And I think um, a lot of people, they get so afraid of not being prepared or not having everything. They're trying to be perfect in an imperfect world. And then it causes you to, to make more decisions that aren't needed. So like when it comes to like buying tissue, buying extra food, um, what, what makes you have that fear? That's what, that's why I challenge everybody to think about what makes you have that fear that you have to keep doing it to prevent it. Are you really, really close or in a situation where if, if something shifts tomorrow slightly, will it, will it throw me off as a whole? Or am I trying to overextend myself? And, and sometimes you got to take a step back and think about that. Is this something I really need right now? Or is this something that I really want because of my fear of this? And when and you got to think about everything you do. You have to have tension with everything you do. And like I said, that's with business. That's with finances. That's with your personal life. Because if not, you'll find yourself doing more when you don't have to. So even in, in that retrospect of... Um, 
you know, I hear about fair and money, but never in that component that you just dropped it in for us. Mm, mm, okay. Okay. That's, that's another component of, and it's just weird how fair plays so many parts in money. I mean, you're either fearful to make the money or fearful mm -hmm. not to make the money, right? Yeah. Or you're fearful to spend the money so that you can make more money or you hold on tight to the money. And now you have to be fearful that you're using it as a crutch. It, it's just that word fear keeps. Mm, mm, mm. Okay. A question that I asked my students um, a few days ago, I asked, so who said that fear is supposed to make you stop doing something? Who said fear is supposed to make you start doing something? Who said fear is supposed to make you continue? That's something that you learn and that's something that you have to take for what it is. Because a lot of people don't start businesses because the fear of not making money or not having, you know, not being able to scale their businesses. And a lot of it, but who said that you're not supposed to use that fear um, to make you do it? And I think where, where a lot of us, um, me included, um, we get so afraid to where we overdo it. And then it actually impacts us a lot more because the mind is created for it to, to protect you. And a lot of times because it's trying to protect you so much, it's protecting you from things that are going to help you grow. So you have to be able to really take some time to sit back and decipher what your mind is trying to tell you and understand it because we go off that first instinct when sometimes that first instinct isn't what the mind is trying to get us to adapt to or what it's trying to get us to understand. So I had to learn to approach fear in a different light. Instead of being afraid to do something, I had to be afraid of something that would cause me to be back in the same situation again. And then it makes me like really manage my money and really pay attention to my business finances because I'm afraid to go back to a place where I don't have it. And, and I allow that to, to make me, you know, a little more cautious about my spending and, and my, you know, my everyday habits, if that makes sense. Okay, so since we're talking about sort of fair and holding on to the money. I, I have this question. How much should you really pay yourself? What percentage should you really pay yourself as an entrepreneur? Only you can answer that. Mm -hmm. Because you know your value, right? And my mentor told me this. So I, I was, I'm so excited you asked because I've been waiting to say that because um, <laughs> he said it to me, okay? Uh, because I asked that same question. So how much should I pay myself? And he was like, how much are you worth? And my, my comment to myself, I'm worth six figures. He was like, well, pay yourself six figures. I can't. Well, what do you need to do to make six figures so you can pay yourself six figures? So you always think about um, what you're worth or what you feel that you're worth. And when you fit, when you know that, then that's what you create as your, your salary. And you got to make a choice, right? Am I going to work to make more so that I can pay myself this? Of course, that's what we, that's our reason for being in business. Um, but if you say, that first you want to take a look at how much are my business expenses like you said before i know how when my canvas supposed to come out if you have a brick and mortar you know what your rental payments is for your brick and mortar if there's any softwares that you use on a monthly basis like quickbooks and things like that how much is that how much do i, I anticipate to save for my business each month and then from there you can determine especially starting out then you can determine how much you pay yourself but the biggest question is and it makes you push yourself a lot harder when you're in your business is how much are you worth? How much do you feel like you're worth right now? And whatever that is, that's what you should be working to make over. So that way you can pay you pay yourself what you're actually worth and what you feel that you're worth. Because the only person that can ask, that can determine that is you, right? Nobody else can tell you what you're worth but you. Oh, Nakia, we got a lot of work to do. 
<laughs> we got to revamp our whole CEO day. We we got to scratch out and add and oh and do some things. Oh, okay, okay. Plant a seed. Plant a seed. Yeah, we have a little CEO day when we work on different entities of our business, but we haven't yet worked on our finances. But um, I think that's one that we've got to add in there. And we constantly have the conversation of how do we pay ourselves? And well, I can speak for me because, you know, she's over there living the high life. Um, I don't pay myself what I'm worth. So I and I really I'm having to change my mindset about what that is. So now that you've said that, I've got to really revamp and change my mindset about some things. Absolutely. And you, and, and think of it like this, too. When you're looking to say how much you want to make in your business, start breaking that down. The problem with small business owners is we have this habit of saying, I want to make six figures, but you can't tell me how much six figure is in a day. If you can't tell me all the way down to what you have to make daily, you're not ready for six figures because you have to be able to push yourself on a daily basis. You can't get to the 15th of the month and you know you got to make $10,000 a month to be a six figure earner and you're only at five, but you didn't do anything to shift you know, where you are, shift what you're doing in your business to make that six figures. You got to know that in order for me to make a hundred, $100,000 a year, I got to make $297 a day. And if I don't make, and that's on a five day working scale, not seven, right? You got to say, I want to work five days a week in my business and that's it. In order for me to make it five days a week times this many weeks, is this, is, this is how much I got to make a day, right? You, you have to do that math because every day you wake up before you go to sleep, you should always be in your finances. If you're not looking at your business finances on a daily, you're not ready. Unless you got an accountant, you should be looking at that every day. How much did I make? How much of that, how much am I, did I not be my goal? If you're not making a daily revenue goal, then you're already behind. You have to do that on a daily basis because whatever you didn't make the day before, you need to add that to what you're making the next day. And by the end of the week, if you ain't made your goal, I'm going to work on this Saturday. I got to put in some overtime. And that's one of the things that one of my mentors told me. You got to know about a day. Even if you want to make $5,000 a month, $2,000 a month, how much is that a day? How much? And then when you realize that it's $297 a day, right? You want to see how many products or what specific products or service am I going to sell or promote? So that way I can meet it. So if I got to make this amount a day, right? How many clients do I need to enroll or how many clients do I need or how many products do I need to sell to make that and create those goals? Because when you make when you break them down that specific, it makes it easier for you to obtain it and it makes it easier for you to understand. Definitely easy to understand. Mm-hmm. And it, it helps you reach your goal a lot faster, too. I think you just accidentally whooped me and I didn't know I got a whooping. Mm-hmm. That's my job. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think you actually, yeah. Okay, I'm I'm getting over here. Okay, I'm writing notes. I'm writing notes. Hey, real quickly, I wanted to say thank you to the home team, those social soldiers out there who are viewing. Hey, Toya. Hey, Mama Dorch. So good to see you. Thanks for joining. If you have any questions for Coach T, this is the time to ask because because she she like she done told us now she ain't cheap. You know, say so if you want to be a part of a program, it costs. So if, if you want to get a question in, this is a good time. You know, mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. So I have a question for you, Coach. Okay. Um, so you've given us a couple of um, uh, little pieces of your your backstory. We know that you have seven children. We know that you're from Nashville. But I'm just trying to understand. You also say you were homeless. How in the world do you go from homeless to being Coach T, telling people about money? Oof. 
explain. Ooh, don't get me started. I've been shouting all day, okay? Hey. But um, just a little a backstory. We're shouting people over here, so you, we can shout, okay? That's good then. Okay. That's good. Shout I had, on. I had to honestly, um, you have to be willing to be broken down to the lowest form of yourself in order to allow God to build you, right? And for me, that lowest form of myself was driving down Buckhannon. For those that's watching that, that's from Nashville, they know that part of town, okay? Um, and I ran out of gas and I was riding on this, this E for, I'm talking about, talking about faith, okay? From the interstate to the streetways, I'm riding to the wheels fall off. And I had my son in the backseat and I remember running out of gas. And I knew that I had a week before I got paid again. I knew I couldn't ask family and friends for money. Um, well, not that I couldn't. Pride told me that I couldn't. Fear of asking and being rejected told me that I couldn't, so I did. And I remember having this, this moment and I was spazzing and, and hitting on the steering wheel. And I looked back at my son and I was like, we'll never be in this situation again. And it was because I wasn't taught finances and I wasn't aware of like the importance of being an adult that I, I, I mean, by this time, I maybe had like three evictions. I done got put out of three places for non-payment. Nobody wanted to rent to me. So from leaving my son at the babysitter and asking her, can he stay the night to me sleeping in my car, um, to me pulling a 24 hours of, of working shift. And my managers hated it because I didn't have anywhere to, to sleep or I didn't have anywhere to live. From, from me having to decide, am I going to split this sandwich with my son or am I going to give him the whole thing because he's hungry? Um, those moments really broke me to a place where I, I didn't want to look at people. I didn't want to talk to people because I was so embarrassed about where I was in life. And Having family that were that was well established at the time, it seemed like I was I was my family's dishonor. I was I was you know that that one that just made the family look bad. And that moment, I had to decide if what what was I going to do to get out of this situation. And from that point, I started looking on my phone. How do you take an eviction off your credit without paying it? Because Lord knows I didn't have no money. Um, and I start th seeing a thing called credit repair and credit restoration. And I, I start hiring people to do it spending my checks trying to get this done for people to ghost me and, and me to pay out thousands of dollars to not have anything happen. And I had to figure out how to do it myself and me trying and figuring it out and seeing that this thing works. It made me start becoming addictive to seeing that I can actually change this without paying. That was my mentality. Then. Um, and then as I done it, I had an aunt in real estate who said, you should make this a business. And at that time I was just getting on my feet. Um, trying to understand, you know, and, and while I fixed my credit, um, I got in a place where I was so, I felt like I knew it all. I had a, a, a good credit score, but my behaviors didn't change. So guess what? I'm right back to the same place because with, with credit restoration, with finances, with business, if this don't change, nothing else is going to change. You're going to be right back in that situation again. So that's what happened to me. Um, and, and I had to, that the second time I said, look, I cannot go back here again because I, I got too much to lose this time. I can't get on my feet to fall back. Um, and then I just did it again. I had to start figuring out how to save. I had to start figuring out to saving for a rainy day. If I lose my job today, what do I have to fall on? And from there, it made, because I start, as I started helping other people, it started to make me see that this was a need in my community. It wasn't just me that was struggling. It wasn't just me that didn't know. And then I started, you know, every, every time I learned something, I would share it with family and friends. And then it got, it became a business. And now it's something that I do, you know, 
I eat, sleep, and breathe because I want where we have a disconnect in our community of not knowing. I don't want that to no longer be the excuse. I want to make sure that we have people that are willing to make us uncomfortable. Um, my clients will tell you, getting in my program, you got to be ready. I'm going to ask you for your bank statements. I'm going to ask you for your credit card statements. Call, say I'm in your business. That's fine. But it, sometimes it takes those hard conversations that we're scared to have in order for us to get to another level. So I had to be willing to be uncomfortable and I had to be uncomfortable in, in, you know, for a certain amount of time in order to be able to have those uncomfortable conversations with other people. And it made it so much more relatable because now I can explain to you what happened to me and if I'm able to get out of this and if I'm able to stop, you know, and to build my finances and, and build a big business, then you can do it too, because I was in the same place you're in. So it gives me an opportunity to be able to, you know, relate that to other people um, so that they, they don't have to face what I faced and face it twice. You can make the mistake once, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, can't put the blame on you. That's what the song said, okay? <laughs> That's yeah. Wow, wow, wow. We Latoya commented, baby, let me tell you. That experience will get fire under your butt. I totally been there with my child on my hip too. So see, you were right when you said that it, it just didn't affect. It, it just only not affected you. It affected others because there's a sister telling you right then and there that she's gone through the same experience. Absolutely. And then, Toya, I promise you, I, it, I'm sure I can say right now that there has been somebody that has crossed your path that's been in that exact same situation and you've been able to at least be a blessing or encourage them or even tell them how to get out of it and and that's the biggest thing that i had to understand is that your story and your storm is not for you it's for somebody coming behind you that's gonna need that thing that you didn't have so anytime whether it's finances whether it's your business like i said it's a mindset thing if you understand that what I'm going through right now with my finances is only temporary and it's really not for me, consider every situation is I'm going through this because I'm going to have to teach somebody else how to get out of this. Mm -hmm. And that makes you work so much harder to get it together because what you don't have as you go through it, you're a, you'll, able, you'll be able to do that for somebody else and be that for somebody else that don't have it. Yes, that is true. I know wow, I wow. finances growing up. I remember, I remember my parents arguing about credit cards and finances, but they still never taught me finances. And I took accounting and everything in high school and I still didn't know finances, but I've been able to make sure that my daughter knows her finances. So she was an authorized user and she had good credit when she got to 18, she was able to buy a brand new car and she's yeah. very responsible now. So I'm, I'm very proud of that. Yes. Wow. Mama George has a, um, question um, for you, Coach T. So how can a person only have an income be able to save or improve their income? Mm. Step one, analyze your expenses. Major key. If you don't do that, the rest of it won't even be a question. Um, you have to really take some time to look and say, I make this, right? And here's my expenses. So if my monthly income is $2,000, and my monthly expenses is nineteen hundred. You only have a dollar to to breathe with. You and you. What you want to do first is eliminate the expenses that are not needed. Let's be honest. How many of us have fifteen to twenty monthly subscriptions for things we don't use? A lot of us. From Disney Plus for my kids, <laughs> Netflix for me. Oh That's what I Netflix. Yes. Disney Plus. Yes. You ask yourself this question, if what I have, if I don't use it enough to get my money back, why am I paying for it? Mm -hmm. And that's for business owners too. 
because we get all of these apps to do our, our content and work our books. And we got four or five apps that we pay for monthly and we don't use not a single one of them. I, I challenge you to take all of your monthly expenses and see how much that adds up and multiply that by 12 months. How much money are you wasting on apps that you don't use on a daily basis or you don't even use enough to get your money back that you pay out for each year? Um, and, and eliminate those. When you need them, get them back. But if you don't need them, no point in having them and paying for them. That's the even like the Apple Musics and stuff like that. I have that bad. I got that really bad with the, like with the monthly subscriptions. Once you've eliminated the monthly subscriptions and you can see like how much money you have left, um, from there, you have to give your money an assignment. The problem mm -hmm. is we got money, but we're not giving it an assignment. And mm -hmm. if you don't give an assignment, then it's not going to move. You have to make your money work for you. My coach told me in our, in our session this morning, he said, my, my money is my employee. So if my money is not making money for me, then it's no reason to have it. And you got to start, uh, if you're trying to maximize your, your income, but you don't really want to hold a business, you have to understand, and, I, and I'm saying this with the utmost respect, you got to pay to play. So go into investing and you have to be willing sometimes, you may lose sometimes and you might win, but you have to be willing to assign that money to do something for you. So if you're going to put it in your savings, what's your intention for putting it in your savings? If you're not going to expend it, what's your intentions? What are you going to do with it? If you, if you have money sitting, we got to get to a place where we understand, no, you don't have to invest in everything, but you don't want money just sitting in a savings that's not calculating any growth. Right. Or putting it in stuff that has a return because we have money sitting and then we get so mad because it's still it's not moving and we don't see a big number but we're not putting it in places to make money for us you have if you don't want to start a business don't let anybody bully you into starting one but make sure that you're willing to invest your money in places that's going to make a return whether it's like stocks or you know currency whatever that is that's how you can extend your reach when it comes to your money but it has to have an assignment if you get a check and you just spend it without giving them assignments and direct assignments, whether that's paying a bill, whether that's putting it in the savings. You want to make sure that it had every dollar has an assignment. If it's a hundred dollars here, it's a hundred dollars that has an assignment. But we, what we do is we go out, we get paid, and we just swipe that card. And then by the time the end of the day comes, we're like, dang, I know I got paid today, but what happened? It's because we did not have an intention when before we start swiping that card that morning of what we were going to do with our money. So we start to swipe it because we don't have the intentions for it. Wait, wait. First of all, Nakia, what she said, did I get paid today? Who did I remind you of? Okay, now. <laughs> Let me not say, let me not tell somebody's business. That's <laughs> it. I get paid <laughs> and it be gone. But I'm the only one working. So, I mean, I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> okay. Mama Doris, you're going to need to stop shopping, whether online or offline. I don't know. Why are you shopping? We can't go nowhere. We wear the clothes. Never mind. Mind your business. <laughs> what I'll say about that, because I have a, I have a problem with uh, shoes. Mm. Whew. I love it. When you say shoes, is this sneakers or shoes? All shoes, okay. Anything that you got to put on your feet, except for socks. Let me tell you something. I don't discriminate. <laughs> if it fits my creativity, it fits my closet. And I don't care if I got to squeeze it somewhere where it won't go. It's gone, okay? What I will say about that, because that was a problem that did make me broke. I had all these shoes and no place to put them because I have a place to leave, right? You have to give your, remember I told you, intention. Mm -hmm. You have to give expectation to your money. It's okay to shop, mm -hmm. but 
you have to give yourself those opportunities to shop when you've done something as a reward. When you start doing that, you stop, you start shopping less. And if you, if you're going to do it, and if you're going to have that addiction, no, you self-care is important. And self-care for some people is buying shoes. Self-care for some is getting nails done. Self-care for others is getting the hair done. Before you go to shop, give yourself a budget. You have to. When I leave out this house, it's Saturday. I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to the mall and then I'm going to another mall and then I'm going to another mall. But I only have an expectation to spend $500. That's it. And you don't go over. You can stay under, but you don't go over that. Same with vacationing. If anybody struggles with vacationing and come back broke, when you go on vacation, even if you have to have another account that you put money into for vacations, that's what I have to do. Because with my kids, I don't tell my kids no. So when if I go on vacation and I don't use the vacation account, what's going to happen? Whatever they ask for, they're going to get. But if I know that this vacation account says I got this much money in it, you asking me for some, oh, uh, we don't got enough for that. Let's try something else. Um, so you have anything that you do, expectation. Make sure that you give yourself a budget so that way you don't spend over and then it puts you in a place that you don't have anything left to spend. Every month, how much do I want to award myself for my extracurricular activities? And don't go over that. You got to learn how to discipline yourself. And that's with business too. Learn how to discipline yourself to say, I said I was spending this much money on product. This is how much money you spend. Don't go over. If you go under, that's okay, but do not go over. So that's okay. Look, look, look here about this vacation stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Liquor costs. And when you go on vacation, <laughs> when you go on vacation, you know, you be trying to let off all the stress. So you don't have an attempted budget of how much that liquor is. <laughs> It's going to cost you. This is what you got to do. You say, okay, normally in a normal city, okay, it's going to be $8 a drink. I know I'm trying to let go of my world and my stress from last week. That sounds like eight drinks times eight. This is how much I need to bring into this bar because my finance coach said I can't go over this. So I'm like, can you double shot that, please? Right. Before that. So you got to be <laughs> Rosetta says she gonna stop doing it now. Oh, she spent one forty monthly. How often do you go to the nail shop, Rosetta? She, she saved it. She don't do it no more. Oh, she, she saved. Oh. That's my sister. Shout out to Rosetta. I love you, sister. Wait a minute. She's your sister. That's my you mean sister. she goes and beautify herself, and you never mind. Shut up, Janet. Oh, On to the next call. Oh, Hello, Rosetta. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to talk about your sister like that. So okay. And mm -hmm. Rosie, I just want to let you know, I'm so proud of you. So, so proud of you. That is amazing, sis. That is amazing. Yes. How yeah. often did she used to go to the nail shop? Got I know she, she likes to be beautiful. She does her nails and hair and all that kind of stuff. And so that's that's a big deal. Not, yeah, not do that anymore. Wow. Wow. Okay. Sister Susan said, that's what I, what I do. I plan when I go to shop and go out of town. So I double up I'm paying my business or credit card. I say I'm not going to use them for three to six months. So if I want something, I go, oh, okay. But still three to six months, you pay the finance charges and all the other charges that come along with it. So is that a hindrance, Coach G? Let me say this, um, not to be devil's advocate, but I want to throw this birdie out there and then we'll, we'll continue. Um, with finance charges and interest charges, uh, if you are not, uh familiar with um 
the the laws that are in place for you, the consumer, this is the credit in me, right? I suggest you look those up because there's no such thing as finance charges in a world of consumers. That's real freedom. So I challenge you to, to look that up. But what I will say is doubling up on your payments for like your credit cards and stuff like that is a great idea so that you no longer have the interest rates and stuff like that. Um, and, and like you said, she's giving her money expectation. If I'm not going to spend it on this trip, if I'm not going to spend it on this, I have extra, I have an extra opportunity with some more money. Let me put it somewhere that's going to benefit me, whether it's my credit, whether it's my monthly payments on my credit card, any of that, um, give it expectation. So it may be there. And if you have something, I think that's where a lot of us struggle too. If you have something that's, that's, you know, um, needs to be paid make sure that you're actually putting the money there if it's extra to get it paid down so that way the the following month you're not you're not looking at okay now i don't have this money because i spent it on shoes or clothes or nails but i i had already put it on my credit card so that's that eliminates like a lower payment or eliminates you know a payment that you may have in the following month mm -hmm. that's good. Mm, wanted to say real quickly also hey jazz we're so glad that you're here sis if you have any questions for coach t this is a great time to ask them. Mm -hmm. She is here and available, okay? Yeah. Okay, so okay. Rosetta says she stopped a year ago, and she used to go twice a month. Okay, okay. Wow, wow, saving $140. Okay, my cards are now my money, so I'm never broke. Okay. I know who that is. When she said that, I know exactly who that is. <laughs> what does that mean, my mm. cards are now my money? Because what, what you do is a lot of times we get consumed by credit cards and okay. we, we take one of the things that I try to teach all my students is you do not use your credit cards as like a way to, to pay bills and stuff like that. Use it as leverage. And so what we've been talking about, which of course it shows on the bottom of the screen in the Stride group, we talk about how we can allow other people's money to grow our money. And you can take, for example, let's say you have good credit. You take a and you get approved for a twenty thousand dollar credit card. The first instinct is, oh, I can go get these shoes, I can get these clothes. But we're thinking in a consumer mindset instead of a producer's mindset. So the way I try to educate them is, if you got a twenty thousand dollar credit card, right? You can take that credit card. You can you could buy an investment property for ten thousand dollars. Be at fifty percent of your utilization rate, not maxed out. Refurbish that home, sell it and then pay your credit card back down to zero and still have money left over. Mm -hmm. So we're learning how to leverage um, the things that are already offered to us, but we're learning how to leverage it so that it makes us money versus using it in ways that doesn't make us money. Clothes don't make us money, shoes don't make us money. But what you can do is you can take that credit card, buy a refurbed home for $5,000, go to your secretary of state, uh, state's office where they have foreclosed homes, depending on the state that you're in you may have it may be a tax lien or a tax deed state you can actually make a purchase with that credit card and then 30 days from now when it's time for you to make a payment you've already refurbished and, and furnished that home or done something different that it's made you not only the money that you spent on your credit card but it's made you almost double or triple that reselling it or whatever you choose to do with it wow well while we were because um we do do like a pre a pre-interview call with our guests before we they join us. And Coach T had um, had this fabulous line that I said I was saving because I wanted her to bring this to us. 
She stated, stop treating your business as a hobby. Please expand on that. Ooh, been waiting for this moment. Uh, <laughs> I'm treating your business like a hobby. Um, a lot of us as entrepreneurs, and I'm, I'm actually ask y'all, and I can just explain by example. Um, all of you have businesses, right? Yes. Okay. Um, are all of your businesses registered with the Secretary of State? Yes. That is correct. Okay. Do you have business credit? Yes. Yes. No. Perfect. No. Okay. So do you use that business credit to obtain capital? No. Do you use your business for government contracts? No, but we are registered. Yes, we're registered trying to. No, and no, and no, and no, and no. Okay. Okay. There it is. A lot of us, we have this small business mentality because that's what we, that's what was instilled in us to think small business. Mm -hmm. So where we're trying, for example, we have a transportation company and we're upset and we're promoting to transportation, you know, people to, to get transportation when the government can give us monthly contracts where we have guaranteed funds and we can become and we can make guaranteed money by being a corporation. A lot of entrepreneurs are wanting a six figure business, but are afraid to step out and become business owners. Your business is not legitimate. Your business start date in the finance world is when you open up a business bank account. A lot of entrepreneurs are making money and putting it in your personal account. And that's why your money's not growing. And a lot of us, we don't have our businesses registered. We're, per, we're actually promoting illegal businesses. So we're sitting here and we're promoting businesses and we're not even supposed to be selling a product or service because we're not licensed. We're not insured. We're not bonded. A lot of the, the, the especially service-based businesses, some states require you to have a bond. And a lot of times what, what happens is we promote it to our audience and we promote to people on social media, but we're not promoting to bigger corporations to make the bigger dollar. Or we're not treating our business as if it's a corporation. We're treating it as that hobby by just, just doing it here and there. We're not promoting consistently. We're not registering the business. We're not building business credit so that we can obtain capital in different places and do different things. You can lease apartments in your business name. You can buy houses in your business name. You can buy cars in your business name. That's totally separate from your personal entity and that can still make you money. You can make liabilities become assets. But the problem is, a lot of us don't even have our businesses registered. There is so much funding going out right now during this time of COVID. And a lot of entrepreneurs cannot take advantage of that because one, they're not working on their credit. Two, they're not, they don't have an established business or they make a lot of good money in their businesses. And because they allow people connect to them to tell them, don't file this on your taxes because it's going to lower your refund. We get so happy about the $9,000 refund check that we don't realize that I'd rather pay, I'd rather get $400 in a refund, but be willing to, to, to pay or get less to, to be able to buy a house and, and make more. We don't, we don't file them on our taxes. We don't register our businesses. So all of the funding that's been available to entrepreneurs in the last few months, we cannot take advantage of because in the finance world, we don't have a legitimate business. You file it on your taxes, but they ask you for a business bank account and they say they're only going to fund a business bank account and you don't have that. You got to get to a place that you're willing to make yourself uncomfortable by getting those bank accounts, by registering your business, by creating the corporation. So that way, when this funding is available, there's so much money for minorities. There's so much money for women, um, it, not just locally, but nationally. 
And in order for you to obtain that money, they need to see that you are a legitimate business. And, and that's why we have to start making sure that we are treated. If this is something you're going to do full time, make sure your business is treated as such. And make sure you understand it. If you don't understand, ask questions. Okay, coach, I'm asking a question. Okay, so um, as, like we, we talked about in the in the, in our in our meet and greet, um, I've been advised because I'm making a little bit more money this year in my business, and I'm a full time entrepreneur at this point. Um, I need to um, I, 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 and I'm and I brought in on a partner. I currently have a one a single member LLC. Do I just add the partner to my LLC, or do I make it an S corp, and and we do it that way? So honestly, you don't have to, um, I don't recommend anyone going into a S Corp until you know the ins and outs of having an S Corp. Because once you start to go into an S Corp, uh, depending on the way it's filed, um, a lot of people think that once they file their Schedule C, that that's all they have to do. But you not only have to file quarterly taxes, you have to file your taxes separate um from your personal taxes in most cases depending on how it's filed so honestly even if you're a single member llc um you can also you can change that to be a multi a multi-member llc it does not have to go into an escort um if, if you don't want it to um that's just that now that's definitely something i recommend consulting with a cpa about um to make sure that you're based on your situation what's going to work for your business but to be honest if you are more comfortable in the llc realm then you can just redo it and add an additional owner here's what i will honestly say and this is for anybody that that that's a consideration you want to go through a trial period in everything you do right mm -hmm. so although you bring on people in your business because this is a corporation treated as such remember we're treated, we don't have small businesses we have big businesses so give that person even if it's a friend a family member you're really confident allow them to be in the business before you change the paperwork, make sure it's something that not only they want to do, but it's something that you want to do. Because as the business changes, their their idea of it may change or they may decide that it may not be a right fit or vice versa. So you want to make so I would say give it a trial period. Y'all talk about it. See, consult with a CPA together if that's something that you, you guys are going to do together mm -hmm. to find which one's going to be the better option for for your group. Perfect. And then the other part of that question is um, I've also been advised to um to start uh creating making sure or adding myself as an employee to the business along with s-corp um and and use adp or something like that um you know do you do you, what do you think about that so i currently use adp but i'm a person that's honest and transparent okay um if you still work a nine to five um, it's not a 100% requirement that you have to have taxes come out, okay? And ADP is expensive if you're not ready for it. So writing yourself a check is okay because as long as the check is in your business name and it's cash, that's considered to be payroll. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people go into the ADP realm as you start to gain more employees. And honestly, you have to have at least two employees minimum, I believe, two mm -hmm. or three employees minimum in order for ADP to allow you to be on their platform. So until you're ready for that, um, I don't recommend using ADP. They do have an option for 1099 employees, but as you're as a starting business, um, you can write checks and it's the, it holds the same weight. Okay. Um, and, and you know, as a nine to five, you still have taxes coming out your nine to five, uh, you know, your checks. So it, when it comes to a tax purposes on your personal level, it'll still help. But so I, I don't. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. I, I just want to let you know that I don't have a 95, so that's why I wasn't sure. Okay. 
So yeah, so you'll warrant taxes coming out. So um, the way you it, it, you play it one or two ways, right? Okay. If you don't have, uh, if the income is not consistent enough for you to pay yourself on a consistent basis, I recommend just writing a check. Um, now this goes back into what we were talking about, about being willing to, you might have to pay sometimes, you know, you'll get all that money on the front end and then you'll pay for it on the back end. Or if you want to not pay for it on the back end and figure out a way for the taxes to come out, um, then you can do that with like ADP. But there's honestly, if you use Square, Square has a payroll system that's not expensive. Um, I would recommend looking in, and this is just a transparency from my experience. Mm -hmm. um, I recommend looking into multiple options to find which one fits your budget because ADP has uh, fees outside of, you know, what the taxes that come out and things of that nature. So I recommend looking at multiple different options and see which one fits the cost of your business. But I do know that Square has one and it, it's really close to free. Let me say. Oh. Okay. I'll look it up. Uh, I've been considering Gusto. Okay. I've never used that one, but I heard it's really good too. Okay, cool. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. Wow. You've given a lot of information here. Um, I hope everyone has really seriously taken some notations down. Maybe we need to have you once a quarter to have just different conversations um, to help us build our finances, especially as we get into the, the final quarter, because um, is October still the financial planning for the next year? Like, is that when you're supposed to be handing the big corporations um, if you want sponsorships, money, items, gifts? Is that still, even yeah. during this COVID time, is that still um, pretty yeah. relevant? Yes, absolutely. And you actually want, um, and that's good that you said that, you should be focusing on next year now. If you're not focusing on next year now, you're already behind. The big businesses, the, the idea is that we want to become the big business, right? The large corporations. So you have to start doing what they're doing. If they're starting this in October, you start in September because you, the idea is to get ahead, do what they do. And you have to say this is by the first of every year, you should not. And, and, and I, I say this in, in, in a, in a coaching, I want you to catch the coach part, okay? It, it's okay to have a vision board party at the beginning of the year, but you should have already had your plans in place prior to. Just like right now, we're on the 24th of the month. You should already have all of your, your goals for September down on paper. It's okay to have it in your brain, but you do a lot of stuff on a daily basis. It needs to be on paper. So that way you can reference it and put it somewhere that you can see it. One of the things I did differently this year um, on a personal level, and I did one on a business level, I'm so used to and accustomed to getting the whiteboard, cutting out magazines and creating a vision board, right? Um, but let's be honest, when we do that, how often do we go back and reference that, that vision board that we created with all our friends and in this setting with our wine? How often do we go back and look at it? Do we actually keep it until the end of the year? So I wanted to do something different this year. And because the iPhones have the new uh, customization of your wallpapers, I actually put my vision board on my wallpaper, on one of my wallpaper slides. And now every day that I wake up, I see what I'm fighting for. I see what I'm working for. I see what my goals are this year. And it's honestly, I have crossed out more goals by doing it this way this year than I've ever done anytime making any other type of vision board. Do something that you can look at every day and that you will reference every day because it pushes you. But your your September goal should already be wrote down, ready to go. Your plan of execution should already be wrote down and ready to go. And by October, you should be writing out your 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 finance plan for next year as if you were going to hand it to an investor. 
Nice. Okay, Nakia, we need to get going for them. You need to get going, Nakia. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just going to say really quickly, I attended the Facebook um, Elevate, Facebook Elevate conference is the, the first one. And Facebook is, uh-huh. uh, they are focusing on, uh, you know, they have a segment or they have a, a committee that's focused on elevating black businesses. And it was amazing. Uh, David J- Damon Johns, is that his name? Damon Johns. He was on here today and just to kind of uh, kind of piggyback or corroborate what you're saying, he does his goals every single day. Before he goes to bed, he makes sure that he, he looks at his money goals, his goals, and that has helped him. He just checks them off. So every day, you know, we really should be looking at our goals or having goals every day. So thank you for that, Coach. Yeah, and that's true because I do that as well. Um, what I do is every night, um, this goes to my task for my money and it also goes for my business task. So every single evening before I go to sleep, um, I make sure I write out all my tasks for the following day of what I need to do. And I write out my goals. This is what I want to accomplish. This is what I want to make. Right. And then what I do is I, you, not only do you have to write out those goals and write out that plan, you have to learn how to distinguish the, the, the importance of each. You have to have big rocks and little rocks. So you you got to say, this is going to be priority. This is not really priority. This is number one. This is number two. This is number three. This is number four. And then you have to do them in that order. So if I say that I have to give stuff prepared for the conference, work on things for my clients, do this, do that, do this for my coaching students, which one is priority? That's what I do first. Which one's least priority? That's what I do last. And I'm telling you, the more you do that, you create this mentality that, okay, I know that I have things to do, but here's what's important because what happens is we say, this is all the stuff I have to do today. And then we do the the non-important things first. And by the time it's time for us to do the things we got to get done, we're tired. So it never gets done. So my biggest idea or my biggest suggestion is to do that because not only does it help keep you structured, but it also helps you stay focused on like what it is you got to do in a day. And that's how you're going to meet that revenue goal. Woo. I think we need a word from our sponsors because we need to digest some of this information that we got today. Nakia, since you're on deck, yes, please give us a word from our sponsors. Okay, didn't know the sponsor was me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, um, my name is Nakia Whitaker-Woody and I am the owner of KISS Virtual Services and we provide general administrative and project management services. And you can reach me at (sighs) kissvirtualservices.com. That's it. <laughs> All right. I didn't know you might have wanted to add something else. I don't know. I was giving you your floors, your time, your time. Well, ladies and gentlemen, um, we have had an exceptional show about mm-hmm. finances in your business. Heck, finances all together. Mm-hmm. Um, Coach T, are you taking clients? <laughs> I mean, because now if yeah. I be your student, I'm older than you. You need to have just a little bit of courtesy. I'm glad you said that. Oh. I to say, listen, you're never too young to teach. You're never too old to learn, right? Okay. okay, yeah. Am I accepting students and clients? Absolutely, but under one condition. You have to be motivated and you have to be ready. You cannot give me excuses. You cannot tell me that you can't. I don't believe in either one of those two. And I am very big on accountability. So if that's not what you're looking for, or if you're not sure that's what you're looking for, I might not be the coach because I'm going to get in your stuff, okay? 
Um, but I am indeed, um, I am accepting new students. If you are looking for a business coach or business mentor, um, if you simply need, you know, understanding on your finances and business credit and business funding, um, all the way up into your personal credit, if that's something that you're struggling with and you're like, I can't do it on my own, um, I am available to to assist in my team as well. If you feel like it's something that you're good at learning and you're hands on and you can do it, um, I do challenge each one of you to join my Facebook group where I teach you how to repair and build your credit for free. Um, there's no catch. Any of that, I pour into them like they pour into me. And it's a family. One thing that I love about the Strive group um, is that we don't judge. Everybody in that group is, has one mission, and that's freedom. And, and that's, what we, that's what we work for. So if you feel like you can do it for yourself, make sure you join. And if, you, if you're like, look, I don't got the time or the patience, I'm here to help you with whatever you need. And, and I just wanted to say um, shout out to my niece. My niece is, is part of your program, and I know, I, I remember when she told me that she was in the position to buy a house, and she's like us. She got a whole bunch of kids and all that, mm -hmm. and so it don't matter. It doesn't matter. So, y'all, Coach T, she's out here helping, helping the community. Reach out to her if you're interested in being free. Wow. I think we've had a phenomenal show. Um, Nakia, any last words? <laughs> I'm going to work on it. I'm, I'm seriously going to work on it. Awesome. Yeah, Coach I've got, T. I I'm mean, running therapy to figure out why I like to spend money. Yeah. Right. I'm Coach gonna call T. You. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna need a month. I'm gonna need a month because I'm gonna need to get all my stuff together so that okay. you can whoop my ass. It's, yes, everything is not together. Some is over there. Some is over there. So, yeah, I'm gonna have to get it all together and then get to you. Now, when I get to you in a stack. <laughs> then you can whoop my ass, but not. Okay, I got, um, I got okay. you. It takes a village, so mm -hmm. we. It does. Well, if ladies and <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to join the Stride Facebook group. Um, we thank you so much for joining us this Tuesday. We hope that we gave you vital information for you to build your finances. We look forward to seeing you next week Tuesday at four p.m. Please don't forget to share like, subscribe, tell, talk, get on the phone, gossip, whatever you've got to do about this wonderful show called Soulful. We're here for you because you've always been there for us. See you soon. Bye-bye.